Welcome to 5 Minutes in the Word. This is your daily podcast, which spends a few minutes exploring God's Word. We are continuing our study in the book of Acts, we're still in chapter 9, looking at verses 6 through 9, read from the New King James Version. According to Paul's own testimony, which will come in chapter 26, Christ gave him, at the moment of his conversion, a brief preview of his future as an apostle to the Gentiles. So he's on the Damascus Road on his way to arrest uh, those who are in the following the way of following Christ when he encounters a bright light and a voice uh, speaking to him, asking Paul, well, he was Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he wanted to know who's speaking. So let's listen to the rest of uh, what's happening. Again, Acts chapter 9, verses 6 through 9, read from the New King James Version. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. Again, Acts chapter 9, verses 6 through 9, read from the New King James Version. I'll be back with insights and we'll close with prayer. Hi, this is Hope Scott. I am your host of 5 Minutes in the Word, a daily podcast which spends a few minutes exploring God's Word. Thank you for listening and following my podcast, which can be heard almost anywhere podcasts are heard, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. Like and follow at Minutes Word on Facebook and Twitter. Again, that's Acts chapter 9, verses 6 through 9, read from the New King James Version. We are still looking at Paul's conversion. He was Saul when he was on the Damascus Road, and he was confronted by the Savior. He was uh, probably, according to some of the commentaries, on the Sanhedrin Council when Jesus was persecuted, when he was um crucified. He was probably one who was there. We know he was there when Stephen was was stoned because he was the one who uh, held everyone's coats. So he was uh, one of those who thought that, you know, the, the story of the apostles was untrue and he wanted to squash this new religion. And God, in his own way, stopped uh, Saul in his tracks and confronted him with himself, with the living Christ. And to be an apostle, you had to see 
That was one of the, the conditions they had to see uh, Christ, the risen Christ. And Paul has seen Christ in his glory. But let's listen to what the commentaries have to say. Uh, the men who were with Paul stood speechless. They were astonished. They heard it. They saw the light, but they didn't know what was going on. Those accompanying him heard the sound of someone's voice and saw some kind of light, but they didn't understand the full significance of this encounter. And of course, neither did Saul. He didn't know what was going on. They were going on the same wicked errand that uh, Saul was, and perhaps to the best of their power, were as spiteful as he was. Yet we do not find that any of them were converted, though they saw the light and were struck down and startled by it. They saw no one, nor did they uh, hear the specific words spoken to Saul. They heard a voice, but saw no man. They heard Paul speak, but did not see to whom he was speaking, nor could they understand, they couldn't uh, hear distinctly what was said to him. And that reconciles with what is going to be told to us in uh, Acts chapter 22, verse 9, where Saul is uh, giving his um, um telling what happened. Anyway, the experience was incomprehensible to Saul's um, companions, but it opened Saul's eyes and it probably terrified him as it would us if we were in that situation. He still could not see even when he opened his eyes. And Saul's physical blindness may be the result of the intense glory of God's appearance. Or it may be the outward manifestation of his own spiritual blindness that um, he saw for the first time. And it could be Jesus' way of humbling Saul because Saul had shut his eyes to the Savior, to the true light. So he had a chance to spend a few days, three days, physically blind. And in those three days, he did not eat nor did he drink. It seems that Saul was so shaken by the experience that he was unable to eat or drink for three days. Typically, fasting indicates or indicated a period of mourning or repentance. Saul certainly had a lot to think about during those three days. He realized that despite his zeal for God, his recent activity of arresting Christians had been a direct opposition, and indirect, it, it was an opposition to God. Otherwise, he would not have received such a strong rebuke. Suddenly, all that Saul had believed was being torn down and replaced with a new truth, the very truth he had been seeking to extinguish. Remember, he was trying to get rid of those who were following Christ. As Saul was thinking about all this, he was also praying because that's all he could do as he sat in blind silence. And of course, this is probably an humbling experience for this man who has all these credentials and has all this power and has been given the authority to arrest Christians. And now he has three days 
to think about what what God has for him to do. He was dying to himself and resurrecting uh, in the life that Christ had uh, for him. And uh, Matthew Henry says it could have been a lot of commentaries believe that this is when he went to the the heavens, the third heaven. And uh, Matthew Henry says, no, he probably saw himself in hell and that gave him something to think about. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you because we do serve a risen Savior. We thank you, Father, for, um, again, showing us that even those with the hardest of hearts can be changed, even as we pray for those who are um, missionaries, those who are bringing your word to uh, countries all over the world. And we're praying for Turkey and Syria. And we're praying, God, not just for those that are affected. So the devastation from the earthquake, the loss of life, the loss of, um, of all of their earthly goods, maybe even a loss of health, a loss of jobs, whatever their losses are. And of course, as we look at the, the those in Turkey and Syria, we still have to pray for those in Ukraine who are suffering because of uh, man-made means, not because of natural means. Father, we're praying for the many Christian converts from Islam that they will grow in the knowledge uh, and faith of you. We're praying for unity among the churches and Christians in Syria. We're praying for pastors and church staff who are exhausted by war, unrest, and now by this uh, earthquake that has uh, devastated their their home. We're praying for them, Father, in a, in a mighty way. And that's for the people in Syria. And we're praying for those in Turkey, the same prayer, Father. Praying for those who need you in special ways. God, you know what all the needs are. Um, there's no way we could even list them all. And Father, we're thanking you in advance for answered prayers. Amen. Thank you for spending time in God's Word with me. Be blessed.